Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I hope everyone is enjoying their Sunday morning so far. It's a wonderful day here in New York City, almost like springtime. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, A lot has gone on uh, in the country this week. My gosh, we had that balloon fiasco. Uh, We had the State of the Union. Uh, We've got, uh, you know, Southwest Airlines lowering its standards as if they didn't have enough problems with the cancellations and the delays over the holidays. And uh, we've got delusional Joe Biden sitting down with Judy Rudworth uh, of uh, PBS doing an interview, which uh, (laughs) was very interesting. But there's so much that happened. And uh, we're going to be talking to some guests today that I think you're going to find very interesting But first, let me start with my opening statement. You know, um, Joe Biden uh, gave a rare sit-down interview uh, with Judy Woodruff of PBS. And PBS, of course, is public broadcasting, which, of course, got a bump up in uh, funding through the federal funding uh, through the White House budget. That's our taxpayers' dollars. And it was pretty much a softball interview Uh, where he sat down and he pretty much dismissed all of the major problems plaguing his presidency. And uh, he said he wasn't uh, concerned about issues with his family and uh, looking into his uh, corrupt son, that sleazebag Hunter Biden. Uh, Let's take a listen to the sound with Judy Woodruff. One of the things Republicans say is a priority for them is investigating your family, your son Hunter, your brother, Jim, they talk about uh, uh, access that they say others have gotten because of you, because of your political success. How do you how do you plan to to deal with that? The public's not going to pay attention to that. They, they want these guys to do something. If the only thing they can do is make up things about my family, it's not going to go very far. All right. So. In reality, he thinks nobody cares about the issues with his son and his family. But the truth is there is bipartisan support to look into the uh, first son. 61% of Americans support an investigation. Now, let me make one thing very clear. Now that the Republicans have the oversight and they're conducting hearings, You'll hear all of the Democrats say, oh, it's conspiracy, it's this, it's that. No, we're putting our facts to the allegations. And if anybody says that it's a conspiracy, you just tell them, well, we've heard from whistleblowers. Well, we've heard from senators. Well, we've heard from witnesses uh, like the witnesses who've testified so far. And, you know, the, the idea that the president doesn't think we care It's his denial. It's his distraction. It's his hope that we won't care. It's like those classified documents. He says to Judy Woodruff, he says, oh, some of them go back to 1974. What? First of all, you said you didn't know what any of these things, any of the classified documents that they found uh, contained. And now you're telling us they go back 50 years, Joe? 
If they go back 50 years, that means you took them when you were a senator. Everybody knows you are not allowed to take any classified documents when you're a senator. You've got to leave your phone and all your notes outside. If you're in a skiff, that's the only place you can read it. You cannot take anything with you. So he pretty much admitted that he's been abusing uh, the law as it relates to classified documents for 50 years. And you remember other people have gone to jail for stuff like this. You don't take classified documents out of a skiff. Uh, and then, of course, we had that great Chinese spy balloon we learned this week startling new de- details. It's not a balloon. It's a spy craft, and it contained multiple antennas that were capable of collecting communications. But apparently Biden thinks it's no harm, no foul. And, you know, he says the idea of shooting down the balloon will make relations worse. He all but ignored it in his State of the Union. He's like a wuss. He's afraid of China. China literally has the to literally hover over our sensitive missile sites, intercontinental ballistic missile sites, and China says, oh, it's just a meteorological weather you know, balloon. We know that it isn't, but we let it hover over our missile sites. We, the Biden administration lets it traverse over the United States. Americans are outraged as well they should be. This is a breach of our sovereignty. And the idea that, you know, the president hasn't even spoken to Xi Jinping and he tried to say to Judy, oh, yeah, I talked to him. And Judy Woodruff then says, since this incident, he said, well, no, here's the facts, folks. General Austin put in a call to his counterpart in Xi Jinping's government, China. He wouldn't take the call. So we haven't even spoken to China. And now China is saying they had no right to take it down. So the question you have to ask yourself is, did China, was this a trial balloon? Did they, did they want to test whether the United States has the, 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 the strength and the determination to fight back when they infringe on our sovereignty? Well, they got an answer. We not only are afraid of them, we won't even call them on it. So even though the balloon was taken down, once it traversed the United States, once it hovered over our missile sites, we don't know if it was relating stuff in real time. But I'm going to tell you this. General Austin said, you know, we had to turn off our comms. Yeah, of course they turned off the comms, the communications, because they were afraid the Chinese were picking it up. So we're going to get to all those topics today. We're going to break it down for you on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Plus, I'm going to be speaking with Cochise, Arizona County Sheriff Mark Donnells about security at the southern border. It's not the regular, oh, all the people are coming in, but the consequence and what America is suffering as a result of it, how it affects you, your pocketbook, and your life. And after that, I'm going to be speaking with, we're very fortunate to have him as a guest, folks, the 27th Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, about foreign and domestic threats that are facing our nation. And, you know, what's going on in Ukraine? Are we there always with a fortune and a boatload of money, but a little too late? 
And later on in the show, I'm going to gavel out with my closing arguments. It's all coming up in just a few moments here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. And up next on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with Cochise, Arizona County Sheriff Mark Donnells, coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. It's the Judge Jeanine Show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us is a law enforcement expert, Cochise County, Arizona Sheriff Mark Donnells. Now, everybody, I've known Sheriff Donnells for years. He is the uh, elected sheriff of uh, Cochise County. He is their 26th county sheriff. Uh, and they've had a sheriff there since 1881, but uh, Chief Donnells or Sheriff Donnells has not been there since 80, 1881. Right, Mark? <laughs> that, no, that's true. Yeah. I'd be quite old there, Judge. You know, yeah. No. Well, but, uh, uh, I am the first sheriff. Yeah, but you are a 38-year veteran of law enforcement, and uh, I have to tell you, uh, and I'll tell all my listeners, Sheriff Donnells has been through so much on the border, I, I just don't know how he, how he gets up every day and faces the same lunacy. Uh, he is on the front lines, everyone. He has been recognized and gotten the Medal of Valor, Outstanding Person of the Year, Who's Who, Sheriff's Medal, ba 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 uh, he is a phenomenal uh, person who every day deals with the horror that's going on on the southern border, uh, upfront and personal. You know, Sheriff Tonnells, thanks so much for being with us. What what is if I said to you what's going on on the border, you would say the same thing that you said two years ago. Uh, but how is how have things changed at the border? Are the numbers still going up? Are they higher than two years ago? What's happening? Well, well, they are. And, and Judge, thanks for having me again. I, I appreciate all the kind words. And oh, you know, I tell you. you, there's day. Yes. Thank you. We love you guys, too, over there, and uh, especially you. We rode horses together on the board. That's yeah. important. I mean, not, many, yeah. not many media people do that with me. So, But I'll, I'll tell you, it's, I'm watching a slippery slope, not just in Cochise County, but working with my fellow sheriffs and uh, talking to them. It's a slippery slope of our core values in this country that I'm seeing. And, and I'll say that. You know, what scares me the most uh, on these days, I know whether I'm coming to work, going home late at night, is the fact that we're allowing this destruction in our country, having an open border and the negative consequences of the death, and we're allowing that to become a normal behavior in this country. Yeah. That's the most scary thing after, especially the last two years. Uh, last, in 2021, Judge, in Arizona, we had 5 million pills and seized, and that's what we're seizing. That's nominal compared to what's getting across. million pills last year, what? Fentanyl. I'm sorry, fentanyl. And last year we had 20 million fentanyl pills seized in Arizona. Again, that just shows you the magnitude. And people say, well, this has always been a problem. Well, if you go back to 2019, there were 2,600 pounds of fentanyl seized on the southwest border. You come up to last year, they're just under 13,000 pounds. I mean, just what an increase, uh, what a difference in such a short amount of time. Let, let me and ask nobody... you a question, Sheriff. When you say fentanyl, is it a powder or is it in the pill already? Has it been stamped? Describe it for my listeners. 
most of your fentanyl I talk about comes in a pill. It's, it's the blue pill. They come in a starburst-looking pill, color pill, too. But they usually come in pill. They can come in different variations. But what we see mostly on the border is the blue pill. And it's the M30s. You, call them, you hear them called M30s. Uh, they're deadly. When you look at it, it takes 0. .005 milligrams um, to kill a It's called a, like a lethal dose. That's like 10 times within the pill. And wow. I, Border Patrol, the Border Patrol chief just testified the other day that they've seized enough uh, between Border Patrol and uh, others. They seized enough fentanyl in our state to kill everybody in the state of Arizona like 21 times. It just shows you the magnitude of the deadly pill that we continue. We, we gloss it. I look at the State of the Union by President Biden today. He glossed it. That should have been the topic of discussion at the beginning, at the middle, and at the end. When you're losing 300-plus people a day for opiate overdoses, we got to get serious about this. Well, let me ask you this, Sheriff. You know, when the State of the Union, the president talked about being able to detect fentanyl, he's going to have some machines that allow us to detect it. What the hell difference does it make even if you arrest someone and they, we've got cashless bail. They let them out anyway. Have you ever seen anyone well, go to jail for this? We do. Let me just say, uh, in our county, this is where it's important that you elect, know who you're electing, especially in your community. Know your sheriff, know your prosecutor, your district yep. attorney, your county attorney. We do a very good job here. I think we're close, if not at 100% conviction rates for drug smugglers in my county. You good bring dope from another country, you're going to jail. And we're the only kind. We have a new law in our state, Judge, that if you smuggle for profit, that you will be charged for a Class Two felony. We're, there's 15 counties in Arizona. We're the only county that's prosecuting for that. That law went to effect September 28th of 2022, and up to December 31st of 2022, I believe it's like 139 smugglers were, were arrested or set. These are they're already in prison. We have a uh, quick process for that that the county attorney has. Well, They're either in prison or waiting to go to prison. Good so we don't you. mess with it here. Well, yep. you don't mess with it there, but, you know, everywhere else, we've got 70,000 Americans who are dying from fentanyl a year. And the president is talking about machines to detect it. Most of these these people who are crossing the borders, the gotaways, and, and you know, I did uh, Hannity this week, and we were talking about $5 million since Joe Biden's been in office. And what what five million uh, uh, entries by illegals and a lot of them are single males as opposed to families. What are you seeing at the border? Well, that and our county is unique. This is, you know, the optics. And I was just talking to Bill Belugin yesterday yeah. from Fox where there, he spends a lot of time in Texas because the optics are easy. People run to them. They run to law enforcement. In my county, which we're part of the Tucson sector, is almost 100% they run away from us. Ah. They, it's fight and flight. It's pursuits. It's deadly. In just the last week, we've had three killed in my county. We've had a deputy that he tried to kill in my county. We've had two sheriff's vehicles damaged in my county. Oh, I mean, no. it, it just goes on every week. And this is what infuriates me. And I have to really find my balance on this and, and mm-hmm. get back to a reality level, find a bubble in the middle here because – Nobody's paying attention to that. Nobody's paying attention to that because this is the people, the one million gotaways, which Tucson sector traditionally leads the nation in gotaways. And we continue to do that. We have since Biden took over and said the borders open. So we're, we are fighting this every day. I may give you an example, Judge. I was going home yesterday, saw a car suspicious. That's a big pickup spot. 
I turned on it. The car stopped. Five bailout. I grabbed the driver. Uh, we spent six units chasing these uh, these illegals into the brush, into our communities, our neighborhoods. We ended up getting four of them. But this is what we do every day. I mean, last night, my deputy, my interdiction team stopped a vehicle. 15-year-old driver with 11 my illegal migrants in the back. A 15-year-old doesn't have a driver's license you know, driving I, 11. Sheriff Denells, I mean, I don't understand that the mainstream media does not cover this. How much is enough? How much can we afford, Sheriff Mark Denells from Cochise County? I mean, it, it, I don't blame uh, the, the, the governors for sending them up north. I mean, they've gotta, we've got to realize that your communities, your counties are being overrun, and no one's saying a word. Well, I, I've said this. This intellectual abandonment, this intellectual avoidance has intended consequences. When Mayor Adams on New York says up and says, hey, hey, we got a problem. If you have a problem with the multi layers of resources, yeah. what do you think these rural communities on the border have? Uh, when I said when sheriffs on the border have been talking for this for over two years, Mary Adams, where were you when we were talking two years ago? And you're a sanctuary city. You, yep. you turn the light on for them. So they're trying to come to you. Right. We're trying to stop it on the front end. Help us stop them on the front end. And this country, we can screw this border. Well, let's, let's talk about the fentanyl um, and the fact that the pills, they come. My understanding is that the pills come from China and that the cartels uh, pretty much with the mark on the pill to make him look like a prescribed medication. Uh, how does it work there? And that's exactly right, Judge. The cursors that uh, for fentanyl come from China, they go to the criminal transnational organizations, the cartels. They process it. They put the pills together that look, like you say, they look like a script pill. And mm-hmm. then they're, uh, they're illegally smuggled across the country. And there's this myth out there. Uh, judge that they come through the ports. They're all coming through the ports. That is a myth. And I was just in Washington, D.C. talking to our leadership from Border Patrol, and they were offended by that, too. Because uh, I know when I testified in Congress a couple weeks ago, that's what they were trying to hit on. Well, this is coming through the ports. And, and they're saying this is a success because we're, we're seizing all these drugs. Oh, I see. That's, and Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's being smuggled through our lands, our deserts, our waterways, any way they can get in. But ask a family member that's lost a loved one, a child, or a husband or a wife and say, does it really, does it really matter where right. I came across? It's right. coming across. Sheriff Mark Denells, I thank you so much for joining us on the Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Please stay safe and thank everyone for us. We really, we understand what you're facing. Thank you so much and God bless. Up next on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with the 27th Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper. It's all coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Joining us now is a defense and military expert. He served as the 27th Secretary of Defense. Uh, He is Dr. Mark Esper, who became the 27th Secretary of Defense when he was confirmed in an overwhelming 90-day vote by the U.S. Senate in a rare bipartisan fashion. Uh, He went on to successfully lead the Defense Department through an unprecedented time in the nation's history. 
Um, and as Secretary of Defense, Esper was responsible for ensuring our national security, protecting the American people at home and abroad, and advancing the country's interests globally. And folks, this ought to blow your mind. He had a $740 billion, with a B, annual budget and trillions of dollars of weapons, equipment, infrastructure located at almost 5,000 sites in over 160 countries. So we are we are delighted to have him. Uh, please welcome me in joining Dr. Mark Esper, former secretary to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Tower show. Uh, good morning, uh, uh, Secretary. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, Judge, and it's great to be with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, I've been seeing a lot of you on television, and I want to focus on two things this morning. Uh, of course, I want to start with this balloon. And I want to try to get a sense of what the administration, the Biden administration, and I, I know that you're not part of the administration, but obviously you have the expertise to analyze things in a way that some of us can't. And uh, when they initially said that this balloon was just testing the, uh, uh, the meteorological changes or checking out the weather in the United States, uh, do you think that the administration was serious? I mean, did they actually believe that? And if they didn't, why would they say that? This is right in the beginning. Well, that was the Chinese line, of course. And I think most people who have watched uh, China over the years, and I've been watching them for decades, are quite skeptical of that. Uh, uh, this uh, balloon movement across the United States was unprecedented. I I think what they were, they were trying to say was uh, maybe justify the fact that they didn't shoot the balloon when it first crossed into our airspace in, in Alaska. And I think that's something that Congress is going to dig into and should and find out, you know, what happened? Why didn't we shoot it down when it first entered the airspace uh, as compared to uh, shooting it down uh, after it left South Carolina? Well, the interesting part of it, uh, Secretary Esper, is the fact that you know, we went from, well, you know, we couldn't shoot it down when it was over the Aleutians to, you know, we didn't know about it, uh, to, you know, we shot it down after it left the United States because it was, you know, the water was warmer. Now, I don't know if, if that was a legitimate argument or just something that they came up with. Why didn't they shoot this thing down over Montana? I mean, if you if the currents you could check, and I'm sure that there was some trajectory they could have figured out to put it over, take it down without without blowing it up. Yeah, my, my assessment at this point is there were three things we need to know is when did when did we know that it was heading toward our airspace or cross into our airspace? And it appears now that there were no technical issues that we actually knew it was coming our way, knew when it entered Alaska airspace. Uh, so, so that was not necessarily the issue, but we'll learn more. Second is, did we have a reporting issue? In other words, did people see it in the military and not send it up the chain of command, or did the Pentagon see it and not report it to the White House? Right. And then the third part of this that I think is the most interesting is, did we have a decision-making issue? In other words, the White House saw it coming, it was reported properly up to them, and the president simply decided not to shoot it down because he didn't want to upset relations with Beijing. And to me, that if that is the case, and that is very troubling, because I would not have allowed the Chinese to have that balloon traverse the United States and our most sensitive, some of our most sensitive sites, uh, just because we we're afraid of upsetting the Chinese. All right. Well, let me let me talk about your second point. And that is that apparently uh, the Pentagon is saying or the White House is now admitting that the Pentagon knew about this, I believe it was uh, on the 28th of January, but the president and the White House wasn't alerted until the 31st. Does that make sense that they would have sat on this for three days? Are balloons so common 
that they that, or or do they handle that without even telling the president? You know, there are some things that they handle without uh, with, without the information working its way up the entire chain of command. Uh, this is a, a very important point that we need to find out is, did they know it was a Chinese balloon, a, a balloon carrying a significant payload, 2,000 pounds, roughly the size of a regional jetliner? And did they decide not to? Or was it just some type of bureaucratic uh, breakdown? I think that is a very important question that we need to find out again what what happened on the reporting side and then what happened on the decision making side and i I think the Congress needs to get to the bottom of this. All right. And when, you know, obviously I I agree with that. I mean, we need to get to the bottom of it. And then, of course, there is the other piece where they said, you know, there's no problem. They can't impact us. But the truth is they were hovering over our uh, in Montana. We have intercontinental ballistic missile sites. And then we find out that they were able to. Uh, test or check on our communications. And then we hear the Lloyd Austin then says, well, we shut down our comms. That kind of tells you that they knew that they were picking up information when they were over our sensitive sites. Yeah, look, I'm I'm confident the DOD took a lot of precautionary actions, but you simply don't know until we see what was on that payload, until we have a chance to pick through the instrumentation and find out were they connecting, uh, collecting signals intelligence? Were they collecting electro-optical intelligence? Uh, what were they doing and why? And, and that's when we'll really have a definitive uh, understanding. You know, other people said, well, there's, there's not much more on that, on that balloon than what, it, what they can see from space. And I tell people, let's not render judgment until we see what that technology looks like. The, the idea of their hovering over our missile sites and China not being an ally of the United States to most Americans is offensive. Most Americans consider this a breach of our sovereignty, but the president did not. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taken a big hit? No. Frankly? No. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. You've talked to Xi Jinping? talked to Xi Jinping before. I... And our, our team talks to their people. During this? And yeah, since? after that, I haven't talked to them during this. Oh. But look, I mean, <laughs> the idea of shooting down a balloon that's gathering information over America um, and, uh, is, and that, break, that t- makes relations worse. Look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China. But we're not going to look. We're not looking for conflict, and uh, and that's been the case so far. The president sounds like he's afraid of China. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that comment. I mean, clearly relations are worse today than they were two weeks ago, because of what we discovered. Because of the vehement uh, denials by China about it, uh, China went from at least re- uh, expressing some regret to then turning around and playing victim on us. Uh, and right. at this point, it's not clear that there's any senior level communications between our two countries. So, look, this incident clearly undermined relations between our countries. It undermines trust. And uh, to, to say that it hasn't, I, I just don't understand. I can't you know, I, I was born during the Cold War. I, I've been around for a while. And I also cannot remember, Judge, a time in American history where we've seen such a brazen act of uh, mm-hmm. espionage or spying mm-hmm. by a foreign mm-hmm. adversary by flying a, a slow, a slow moving balloon 
over our country's most sensitive sites. It's unprecedented. I don't think the American people have ever seen something like this. Well, and the American people also, Secretary Esper, are not used to even the concept of a balloon. But what's interesting about a balloon is that uh, a balloon can fly in that space that they can be 60, 80, 100,000 feet up. And the truth is that an F-22, which took down the balloon uh, out, over uh, or out beyond North Carolina, can't, can't take a balloon down at 80,000 feet. Is that correct? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's unclassified. Uh, ceiling is around 65,000. Look, I, I, think, I think your broader point is right. There's not much operates, uh, uh, not many jets operate at that, at that altitude, right? right? So the, the Chinese very cleverly, have have developed a program. It's been reported recently that uh, they have these a fleet of surveillance balloons that operates at what sixty thousand, sixty five thousand feet and above, up to a hundred thousand mm-hmm. feet. Mm-hmm. And as you just noted, uh, they have the ability to hover in place to provide that persistence that satellites don't give them. The, the interesting thing is when you step back, and, and 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 people say, well, they have a satellite fleet too. Clearly, the Chinese made a decision to to conduct this program because they thought there was some intelligence they could gain from a balloon that they could not gain from, an, from a surveillance satellite. And that should cause us concern to find out what they were looking for exactly. and why. And why would they take, take such a risk? Right, right. Take such a risk and such a brazen risk. I mean, it's an in-your-face. We're, in we're in your country. We're, we're literally breaching your sovereignty, your security, and the president doesn't want to have any problem with China. And they, you know what, Secretary, uh, as for the amazing part of it, is that the president tried to say that he's, oh, yeah, Xi Jinping and I talk. But when he was asked since this event, he said, well, no. And the truth is that General Austin apparently put in a call to his counterpart in China, and his counterpart didn't take the call. And the president of the United States has not spoken to Xi Jinping. Like, we're, right. we're afraid. And they're saying we're the victim. Yeah, they are playing the victim now. They are uh, and, and, and moved from victim now to threatening us to, con- to, to conduct some type of other similar action. People may forget that uh, when George W. Bush was elected uh, and entered office in 2001, a few months after that, it was a Chinese plane uh, collided with an American reconnaissance aircraft in over international waters. So in an international airspace, collided with our, our, our plane. The Chinese pilot died. And the uh, it was the American plane, pretty badly damaged, barely made it to a Chinese island. And right. it was there where they took our crew. They held them captive, if you will, for several days, yep. if, if maybe a week or longer, and then picked our plane apart. So right. Chinese bad behavior goes back decades. And for them to react the way they are right now is just r- ridiculous. And I, I think, I hope it's a wake-up call for all the American people that we are in a great struggle now. It's the, it's the challenge of the 21st century to deal with this country and the Chinese Communist Party that wants to undo our way of life and supplant the United States and the global order uh, and replace it with uh, an order where you, you have no uh, freedoms, no human rights, uh, where they are very oppressive. And that's not the world any of us want to live in. Well, it certainly isn't. But, you know, the sad part about it, Secretary Esper, is that we are so ideological, ideologically separated in this country that there are people who would say, hey, the president shot it down, you know, no harm, no foul. Well, the truth is, you know, it may have been too late. 
may have been communicating at the time that it was hovering over the United States. We don't know. As you say, we'll have to wait and see what happened. But I, I think the precedent, as you so clearly stated, was established when that plane was uh, taken down. I remember this in China, and they held our guys, I think, for 10 days or something and, and kept our plane, took it apart. So, uh, but... But this president, uh, you know, is a different breed of cat, but I won't go into it. Let's talk about Ukraine. What's going on over there? Well, you know, we've been distracted for a couple of weeks now with uh, with the Chinese balloon. And so what we hear, what we see, what's going on over Ukraine is that uh, Russia seems to be moving troops around on the battlefield in Ukraine. They seem to be stepping up attacks across a, a broader front. And President Zelensky uh, believes that uh, they are gearing up for a, for a spring offensive, if you will. Uh, it's not surprising. Uh, I and others have been predicting this for a while. Uh, you can expect a lot of artillery barrages, a lot of mass infantry. And it's a shame because um, we've just simply be, been behind the United States and the West in terms of providing Ukraine exactly. what it needs to beat back a Russian offensive and then go on a counteroffensive. And I'm principally talking now about fighting vehicles and tanks, and it doesn't look like they will have those in time if this offensive kicks off in the next few weeks. Well, you know, Secretary Esper, the amazing part of it is they were lining up the tanks on the border, I don't know when it was, last spring or early spring, and everybody said, oh, nothing's going to happen. No, Russia's just, you know, beating its chest. I mean, Russia was literally outlining exactly what it was going to do, and we were late from the get-go. Now we're spending all kinds of money over there, all kinds of uh, equipment, but the timing is bad. It, the, the, the amazing part of this is that the United States, I think, is the biggest contributor to Ukraine. And yet it's like we don't know how to manage our money. We're not getting it there at a point when we can make the best use of it. Yeah, we seem to be consistently late in terms of delivering arms and ammunition, whether it's the Patriots or yeah. uh, other weapon systems. We've just been behind the eight ball and Ukraine has suffered for it. And we've been we've been saved, thankfully, by Russian incompetence and multiple failures. But look, I, I, on one hand, I give the White House credit for pulling the allies together. We're, 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 we're standing firm, if you will. But we've just been late. And we what we need to do is give the Ukrainians the means to win. And they can win as compared to the, the means to survive. Because, look, there's two great autocrats, two great autocracies we face today. Exactly. One's in China and one's in Russia. Yep. And uh, allowing the Ukrainians to beat back the Russians is a good thing for our national security. All right, Secretary Esper, we very much appreciate your time. You are certainly a, uh, a voice of reason in this lunacy that we're experiencing right now in the United States. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great Sunday. This is the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, Secretary, former Secretary of Defense Mark Esper and Cochise County Sheriff Mark Donnells. Uh, America is in a uh, is in a dangerous spot, I believe, as it relates to China and as it relates to the southern border. It's kind of ironic. You know, we've got the invasion at the southern border. We've got the breach of our sovereignty in the in the air over the United States. And the Biden administration is doing absolutely nothing. 
So if you can invade uh, and at, at will, and uh, we're not going to stop you, we're going to welcome you. Uh, and you can pretty much monitor and hover over our most sensitive military sites, and the United States is going to let you do it. And that's the sad part about all of this, is that the United States, long known for being the number one power in the world, is going to suffer as a result of this Biden administration. You know, it started with the balloon that uh, for three days they apparently knew about, but the White House said it wasn't notified. You have to ask yourself the question, is the Pentagon or Department of Defense doing their own thing and not advising the White House? Is the White House being honest about when they were told about it? And why did the White House float the idea, to use the analogy of the balloon, that, oh, it was just doing meteorological collection, and they were good with that. But the idea of a meteorological surveillance in the United States, and it's no threat, makes no sense to anyone. I don't care if you're in the first grade. Now we find out that it contained explosives, that indeed it was maneuverable, that that balloon was not something that, you know, was just pushed off course. And it was hovering over Montana, over our sensitive equipment, testing our satellite defense, flying over our intercontinental ballistic missiles and sensitive military, gathering signals on our intelligence. And the White House actually comes out and tells Americans, oh, they didn't get much of anything. You know, well, how could they make that determination before they even take it down? And how did they know that they weren't getting live communications and sending it back to China before it was taken down? An adversary should not be allowed to infringe on the United States for any kind of information. I don't care if you're dumb enough to believe that they were checking the weather. Why are they checking the weather in that airspace where an F-22, a fighter jet, can't hit? And, you know, the, a military expert, by the way, and I think folks you'll find this very interesting, says that they are capable of seeing our planes beneath the ground. Get that? They can see our planes beneath the ground in those sensitive military sites. So this spy craft, not a balloon, uh, that soars above where most planes can fly, where an F-22 can't reach it, uh, is a dangerous thing for the United States. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, this would never have happened under Donald Trump. And, you know, then the Biden administration comes out and they say, oh, this happened during Trump. But Trump said he didn't know. Pompeo was there. He didn't know. Bolton, who's no fan of the Donald uh, President Trump, said he didn't know. None of the military, even Esper said he didn't know. You know, we've got a problem in the United States with Joe Biden as president. When he doesn't even call Xi Jinping, when our general Austin calls his counterpart in China and they don't return the call, we are wusses on the world stage. They are testing us and they're testing they got the trial balloon that they wanted, and that is that the United States will not push back, that we will uh, uh, allow them to do what they want and not even punish them. And by the way, folks, they knew about this balloon, and it's not a balloon, the spy craft, and they waited until we knew about it to cancel Blinken's trip to China. They didn't care. They were willing to let it go. But the Biden 
balloon in uh, BS that they've given us. It definitely, according to the Post, insults Americans' intelligence, and it definitely endangers all of us. And so what we've got to do is recognize that this is a president who is too old, who is in too much of a cognitive decline, who may even be compromised. Who knows? as it relates to uh, his son, classified documents. And that's what these hearings are going to show us. The new uh, select hearing on the weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI. Let's find out what's going on. Joe Biden can't continue to dismiss, deflect, and just disconnect and say, oh, Americans don't care about this. We do. We do. So in the end, we've got to make sure that we, our children, and our grandchildren are protected. I can't believe that we're out of time already. Make sure that you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe, everybody. Take care, and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye-bye.